There are people who use pornography to substitute for real relationships. They use video games to substitute for real achievement, and they're always distracting themselves with things like Facebook, Instagram, Netflix, Hulu, so they never have a quiet moment to themselves, so they never have any time for introspection and reflecting on what they're actually doing. On a more nefarious front, we're seeing an uptick in things like suicide and drug overdoses. And on the worst front, we have people who are going in and indiscriminately killing the innocent, like we saw recently in Uvalde, all the way back to Columbine. Regardless of what happens to the mass shooter, whether he turns the weapon on himself, whether he's killed by police, or he's captured, his life is over. It is a form of suicide. And I'm here to tell you, I grew a business over nine years working with people one-on-one for the majority of that time. I built up a ton of relationships, whether it's with my employees, whether it's with my customers. There is a way out of this nihilism. Let's be honest here. A lot of these issues are permeating all levels of society, rich, poor, black, white, man, woman, but it's mostly men. There is something we're dealing with in society that I would call the lost millennial male. Okay, It's permeating society. It's bad for, for that man. It's bad for men in general, and it's also bad for women. It's bad for all of us. We're going to give you the steps to get out of that 21st century nihilism so you can actually go forward, find your purpose, develop your gift, and give it back to society. First and foremost, what is the lost millennial male? The lost millennial male is the individual that is not pushing the needle forward on their life. They are practicing escapism in the form of pleasure by not actually having a real relationship. They would rather have casual sex. They would rather have a relationship with their phone in the form of pornography. They would rather be on a dating app and find a date for a day rather than a partner for a lifetime. There's someone who, we've used this analogy before, shows up to work and just glazes the donuts. As soon as five o'clock is over, they're so happy that they don't have to go back to work that they can just let their mind go to sleep and that they can dive into things like video games or an alternate reality that isn't the life that that they're living right now here physically. And I think like there there's levels to this. Okay. So there is the the quintessential basement dweller that is just using video games, marijuana, pornography, but there's tears to this. So you might have somebody that, you know, I'm a little bit older you might have somebody that does have the job that's seen as successful. They have all these different things that from the outside, they seem successful, but on the inside, they're no different than that quintessential basement dweller. That being said, the motive on why they're doing these things, it determines whether they're lost or whether they're enjoying something. Now, you can do anything in excess. You can drink in excess, smoke in excess, watch TV in excess, play video games in excess. But I have a friend that works at the gym, um, successful, married, has a business. He does these, he does enjoy a drink. He does play video games, but his motive is to, he's rewarding himself or he's enjoying what he wants to see more of and not hiding from what he wants to see less of. The motive on why you're doing things is also essential to understanding that. Cause what, what I don't want to do is make people think like, well, I have a drink. Does that mean I could never have a drink? Or I watch Yellowstone. We both watch Yellowstone. I watch Yellowstone. Does that mean I could never watch Yellowstone? Well, no. If, if you are living a life with purpose, with meaning, you're developing your gift and you're giving it back to society and you're just enjoying these things on the weekend or when you have free time, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if you're doing those same things, but you're doing it to escape from the reality of that you're living in, that's when it becomes problematic. Exactly. I think you said it great. If you would rather 
live on the Yellowstone Ranch than live in the house or the life that you're building right now. That's the issue. Like right. the goal shouldn't be to live on the Dutton Ranch. You should be able to enjoy that piece of media, that piece of content. But the overwhelming focus and, and motivation should be like building what you want to see in your life, driving the needle forward and developing your gift and your passion and giving it back to society. And you mentioned another great point about how what we see, what society thinks is super popular in today's time, isn't a clear message to the individual trying to figure out where they should go with their life. Mm-hmm. That person that has the super nice car that's going out on the weekends, that is drinking, that's doing all these things from like someone who's looking at society, they're doing really well. And I think that conversation of like, all right, are you celebrating what you want to see more of or are you escaping what you want to see less of is is super important in deciding, all right, should I, am I going to take part in these things or am I not? Having that honest conversation with yourself will tell you hey, maybe I am the lost millennial. In, in our case, we're talking about the lost millennial male, but it certainly can be women too. Maybe you are just the lost millennial. It's like, damn, I do hate my job. I'm not developing anything. I am just waiting for Friday. But you could do the same actions as the other person that is living their purpose, that is driving the needle forward. And I think it's important for people to have that internal conversation, have that introspection to be like, shit, Either, wow, I'm really kind of lost here, or no, I just enjoy doing this with the people I care about. As we promised at the beginning, there is a way. If you find yourself, you're that person that's like, damn, I am lost. There's a way out of it. First, there's some some groundwork you need to do before you even start to develop your purpose. Find your purpose. Find it and then develop it. And it comes down to three steps. And being that, you know, the business that I'm in, I grew it over nine years. The first step, and it's crazy how it's so transformative to people when they get in shape. That's step one. Step one, you have to be in shape. Okay, we've seen it. Colin, you've seen it. Zach, you've seen it. We all work together. When somebody looks good, they feel good, they perform well. When they're in shape, they can do more too. They have more energy. It's crazy when somebody comes in like, oh, I didn't, I never had energy. Like I feel so much better. Even if they didn't lose a ton of weight right out of the gate, which it takes time. I mean, really, if you're committed to fitness, it's if you're in bad shape, it's going to take you at least six months. It's probably going to take you two years to get in shape. And when they have that step one, which is get physically fit, that already starts the ball rolling forward. We've seen it. And we have. We have clients. We have. And I'm thinking of one in particular of a client that came in that was that was overweight, that was finding them that was escaping in alcohol and drugs in these fake relationships. And they came in. They got physically fit and then their life took off like a rocket. I think like this this individual started doing better in business. This individual started getting like license and things in, in life that allow them to just enjoy life outside of this. That's just a caveat. You're exactly right that you need to get in shape. You need to be fit because finding your purpose and moving in your purpose is going to be tough. And so is going to be getting in shape. And if you can build those habits, if you can build that motivation and that confidence to get in shape, those are going to translate very easily to the difficulties and the roadblocks that you hit whenever you start moving towards your purpose. Yeah. And I think too, like how, how business is for me is it parallels fitness very well. It took me years and years and years to get to a 600 pound deadlift. It's not, I'm not super gifted to the point where it's like, oh, in six months I lifted 600 pounds. It took me 10 years of lifting until I got to a 600 pound deadlift. And all throughout that time, you deal with ups and downs and the same thing with business, right? When I first started business, I made $12,000 total in the first year, 12 grand. Okay. And that was kind of a low point. And then it started to build the same thing in fitness. Like 
developing that, that grit to be like, man, maybe the results aren't coming as fast as you thought. Developing that grit in fitness will translate to building and developing your purpose. So you're right. Not only is it that you're going to feel better, not only is it that you're going to have more energy, you're going to have more confidence, but you are laying the groundwork down. The discipline and grit necessary that it takes to build a strong, healthy physique is extremely similar to the discipline and grit necessary to develop a purpose. We talk about developing grit, building these habits, and I think that these are both concepts that can parallel right into the second step that we think that's important when you're finding purpose, and that is getting financially secure. Yeah, because we've all heard of the starving artist, okay? We never hear the well-fed artist. Right. It's always the person. And it takes balls, dude. If you're going to go and take a hard right turn, you're like, fuck it. I'm going for it. And, you know, I have a buddy of mine, good friend, smart guy, um, and he is actually doing pretty well now. But, you know, he's in the military. He was pursuing a degree, and he was like, screw it. I'm just going out to California, and I'm going to do the music thing. And for a long time, he struggled. I mean, now he's doing a little bit better, but it's like, dude, you don't have to starve for seven years. Why not get yourself financially fit? That's step two. Get yourself financially fit. I'm not saying you have to spend all your time pursuing some corporate job, but at least pay your bills. How long are you going to last building your purpose, developing your gift if you're living in a one bedroom with six other people and your car is repossessed? Not long. Not very long. So step one is getting fit. And like you said, step two, getting financially secure. And that also takes some grit and some and some drive because there are going to be days. Find a job. I'm not saying you have to hate it. Maybe it's something you like. Covers your bills. And then in your free time, that's when you can start to develop your purpose. I think a lot of people, they might hear this and think, he's right. I've, I resonate with the lost millennial male. I'm going for it. Slow down, dude. Get yourself in shape. Find a job that that you can stand, that pays your bills, and in your free time, okay, then we can get into that. Then we can get into building your purpose. Don't be the starving artist because you're not going to last as long. Cover the bills and then go forward. Right. Like allow some room for flexibility in this job. There's an individual that comes to the gym right now that is that lost millennial male. They're in and out of college. They aren't sure, like, should I go to college? Should I join the workforce? They have a gift. They have a passion. They know where they want to go in life. They know what they want to pursue. But their job makes them work five to five. They're having trouble getting to the gym. They're having trouble pursuing their passion out of the time. Maybe you can pivot from that job. Don't drop everything and just be the starving artist. Just pivot. Find a different job. Hey, find something that gives me the flexibility to where I can work on my passion outside, but I'm still covering the bills. Yes. You're not taking a hard turn. You're carving a path towards it. Okay. So like you said, give yourself a a little bit of extra time. Maybe if now you're somebody that works like five to five, you're working 60 hours a week, probably not going to have a lot of time. Maybe you can scale that back, live a little leaner, work 30 hours a week, put yourself in a position. Now you have 30 extra hours. Right? So like you said, it doesn't have to be like this floundering back and forth or hard right turn. It's a carving towards it. But you have to be financially fit. It will allow you to have the time and the resources to pursue that purpose. Right. Just like you said, building a 600-pound deadlift, you can't do that in one day. The same thing applies to this. You're not going to find your purpose and move right into your purpose tomorrow. So be strategic about it and start to curve your path. 
we have one, we've talked about it, is that you have to get fit. We have two, is that you have to get financially secure. And this third one, I think, is super important in this last step that you need to work on as you are starting to find your purpose, as you step into your purpose, and that is surrounding yourself with good community. You have to have it. You have to have somebody that you can bounce ideas off of. You have to have somebody that can call you out on your bullshit. It's good to have people that encourage you, but encourage you in the right way. I mean, if you just want to have somebody tell you how great you are, talk to your mom. I've always said this. The three most important decisions I've ever made in my life, ever. Number one was getting in shape and staying in shape, which coincides perfectly with step one. Number two, for me, starting a business, sticking with it, growing it, even through the rough times. Okay, It's afforded several jobs, 10 jobs in this area afforded me a decent lifestyle. Number three was marrying my wife. That's a teammate for me. Her and I can have conversations where I know she'll call me out on my bullshit. I know she offers support when I need it. That's that's a teammate for me. That is a that's a relationship that's allowed me to flourish. So having a good relationship, maybe it's not a wife, maybe it's a close friend. Outside of that, you know, I have employees that I talk to like you guys. When I came back from uh, where was I just at? Texas hit up uh, four national parks, stayed in Big Bend, Guadalupe Mountain, White Sands, and Carlsbad Caverns. When I came back and right before I left, I asked you guys, what am I not seeing in this gym? Is there anything you think could be improved? I met with all you guys either right after or shortly before. Like where, where, am I, where are my blind spots? And you need that. You need somebody, you need that team, you need that group, or at least you need that individual. Hopefully it's more than one because they can see more blind spots that you can have this communication with. Because when you're building and pursuing your purpose, you need to have difficult conversations, not only with yourself, but you need to have other people that can see those blind spots and help you develop it. I agree. I think that having good community from a conver- uh, from a conversation standpoint is, is super important. But I believe it's also very important from an environment standpoint as well. I think about myself, I'm 24. I, I just got out of college. And I was right on the edge of being that lost millennial male. And a big part of that comes down to your community, who you hang around with, who you spend your time with. You are an average of the three people you spend the most time with. If you look at who you spend the most time with, the three people you spend the most time with, look at what they're doing with their life. Look at what where they want to head. Look at the type of person that they are. That's the type of person that you are going to be as well. The environment that you surround yourself with is the environment that you are going to become. So having good community is very important from a conversation standpoint. Like you said, you need people to bounce ideas off of, to have introspective conversation with to call you out on your bullshit but you also need to be have good community in the sense of just the quality and the character of people are you, that you're around are they on the same mission of, as you do they have the same drive the same passion the same purposefulness that you're trying to build in your own life mm. so is that one of the main reasons why you left working at the bank to come back yeah, I told you this, and it was a funny story. I remember the exact day I have it written down in this notebook right here. I could scroll back and find it. The day I knew that I was going to quit the bank was I was new to the bank. I was I was trying to learn how to do this stuff, and I was talking to this one woman in in, my, in Teams. It's like a video conversation thing. My my job was remote, and I was being trained. And I remember not knowing how to do something, and I wanted to do it better. And I was asking, and this woman that was on my team looked at me and she was like, Zach, she was like, look, she's like, you need to calm down. She's like, you don't need to be doing so good. She's like, you don't want to be at the very top that everyone's coming at you and thinks that you're like 
that person on the team and you don't want to be at the very bottom. You just want to coast right in the middle. And I looked at this woman who's been at the company, had the same job her entire life. She looked miserable. She was upset. She always had a bad attitude. And I was like, if I stay at this job, if I stay in this position, I'm going to be that same person when I become this woman's age. And that's not what I was called to be. That's not the type of individual I was called to be. So I knew immediately, I wrote down in my notebook that day, I was like, this is not going to be my job. I'm not going to. Yeah. And I think like, that's not how, that's not how we operate. That's not how my business operates. Not at all. No, Mm -mm. never will be. And I think that's, but I think that's like that epiphany. That's like, you knew, right? This is not the community that's going to help me develop and find my purpose. It's like kind of shitty though for your boss to be like, you don't want to be that good. You just don't want to be that bad. You want to be right in the middle. That's like totally opposite of the environment I'm trying to create at the gym. It's like, no, this needs to be the best gym with the best training, the cleanest gym with the best equipment. If something breaks, it's fucking fixed immediately. I'm not trying to be middle of the pack gym, trying to be the best gym in the area. And then it's just going to scale up from there. But let's get into, you did the three steps. Okay. You're in shape, you're financially secure, and you've, you have a community now. Now let's get into how you actually develop that purpose. This is what helped me. So I was in an inflection point my senior year of college where you know, I, did, I did well, math, economics, and psychology. I was in a position where I had a, uh, one of my professors came up and said, look, you can pursue an advanced degree in economics down in Washington, um, and you would just be a graduate assistant for math, but you could pursue an, economics, an advanced economics degree for free, basically. Um, because I think you're good at this. I think you can do this. And I remember that was like kind of tore me. And I was working with a, with a therapist at the time and I was kind of torn and he said, okay, well, this is what I want you to do. He said, draw three circles. Cause I was like, I don't know if I want to start a business. I don't know if I want to go in this graduate degree direction. He said, draw three circles. We're going to modify it a little bit, but I'll finish the story. He said, draw what you like, what you're good at and what makes money. Okay. Where those three circles intersect that's where your business should be. Let's modify it a little bit. First and foremost, you have to understand that when you're drawing your three circles, it has to be with the idea of service in mind. It's about growth and service, okay? Because that's that's how you can live your life in, in crescendo. Did I use that right, right Colin? <laughs> in crescendo, so like living up. Because when you're servicing people, that will grow and develop. If you're like, well, I like uh, free time and money and I'm good at stocks and I can make a lot of money doing it, but you might end up that lost millennial male. You might have a big house. You might have a nice car, but in the end of the day, you're like, damn, I'm still that lost millennial male. So it has to be with the idea of service. And instead of just what makes money in that last circle, what you like, what you're good at, what delivers value. Okay. How are you going to deliver value and service in your community where those three circles intersect? I think that's where your purpose can start. Yeah, and I think that's a great change to that story from the person that you worked with gave you, um, that tool that the person that you worked with gave you. Because I think that you, whenever you're moving in your purpose, it has to come from a posture of service. Like you said, if you are, you might be good at something. You might be good at, let's use the analogy of the gym because we all work at a gym. You could be good at lifting weights. You could have a a vast knowledge of exercise science. So that's what you're good at. But what you like 
if what you like is nice cars, if what you want is a house, if what you a nice house, if what you want is to go on a lot of vacations, you're not you're going to fail at some point because you might reach that goal. You might one day have that house. You might one day have that car. You might one day go on those vacations. And once you reach that top, once you reach the top, once you've accumulated all those things that you like, there's going to be nothing left to drive the needle forward. We use this example, like America is not in the best shape. Like if your goal, if what you like is is helping people get in better shape, giving them the confidence, giving them their, helping them find their purpose, allowing them to just live a fuller, happier life. If that is your purpose in, in servicing other humans, there are so many humans on the earth that need help. You can wake up every morning and that burning fire, that burning passion will always be there. And if you look at the people that may not have been in that same mindset, you look at somebody like Anthony Bourdain, Robin Williams, right? They were at the pinnacle. Robin Williams, you couldn't say his name and nobody would know. He was at the pinnacle of acting in, in comedy. Anthony Bourdain had a, by all, all of our metrics was super successful, but something happened there. Is something happened where they didn't think life was worth living anymore. Could it be the lack of service? I don't know. But I imagine when you're when you have that service orientation towards your purpose, towards like you said, your your daily drive, there's no ceiling. There's eight we just crossed the threshold of eight billion people in the world. Eight billion. You can go you can see a new person every twenty minutes. You're never gonna see everybody. So something happened where by all metrics, those guys are super successful and they killed themselves. They're dead. They killed themselves. So it, it can't just be, like you said, the house, the car, although all those things are nice and there's nothing wrong with wanting those things. That just can't be your primary focus. And what I noticed is the more service, the more I can serve people, the more that shit I get anyway. Like the more people we help in the gym, the more money we all make. I mean, it's it's not the intent, but it is a nice consequence of living a life of service. It's like, yes, our goal is, hey, we want people to be stronger, more mobile and healthier through progressive training and a habit-based approach to nutrition. I've said it a million times. That is the mission statement. But as that mission statement expands to be, you know, what it was when it was just me, when I started my business, it was just me, made $12,000 a year. Now the business is 10 employees and it's grown like it has. All of us are better off because of it, even though the focus wasn't money, house, car, shit like that. We're all in a better position because we're all able to serve the community. Exactly. And your purpose can change over time. You might have this macro purpose. Within that macro purpose might be these micro purposes that help drive the needle forward. But I believe that, and you can definitely attest to this too, that as you grow, as you move forward within your purpose, your purpose changes. It's not always exactly what it was on day one and it's supposed to change because if you're actually moving forward and achieving things and accomplishing things, there's always another level. There's always another gear that you can hit that will help you, like we've said, serve more people. Exactly. Because when I started my business, the original name was Matt Shark Fitness. Matt, Because I was like, oh, I'm going to work with mad athletes. That was it. But then it Obviously, we work with way more than just mad athletes. Now we have a lot of wrestlers that come in and, and guys like that. But the business has expanded. The purpose has evolved over time. And it should. Right. Think about it like when you when you do these three circles, you find that intersection. That's like the seed. Right. You've you've made the fertile soil through steps one through three. You're fit and you have your community and you're financially secure. 
you've done done the three circles, you found, okay, this could be my purpose. That's just the seed. Okay, you have to plant that seed, cultivate the garden, and then that plant's going to evolve, it's going to grow, and you're going to have to evolve and grow with it. You might have to build a bigger garden. You might have to do different things. So the garden analogy works for me. When people think you're just just finding a purpose because it's built, it's not just found, that's like thinking you're going to be walking through the woods and stumble on a fully cultivated garden that's going to bear fruit. Not really. It's more like, okay, now I have the groundwork. Now I have the fertile soil. Now I have to cultivate and harvest this garden, and it's going to take effort, and it's going to evolve over time. So I think that analogy for me it's really what's helped me kind of shift with the business and and kind of basically allow my purpose and the business's purpose to evolve. Right, and I agree with you, and that's a good analogy, and I completely agree that that you do need to build your purpose. If you think that you're going to, like you said, walk through the woods and stumble upon your fully cultivated garden, you're wrong. That's not going to happen. I think that the part of finding your purpose and what people think it's more of an introspective discussion with yourself of what you're good at what experiences that you've gone through what you could even say trauma that you've gone through successes that you've had failures that you've had experiences that you've had growing up that have given you the tools the skills the knowledge that you have it's that once you have those things figured out, once you have that like tough introspective conversation with yourself, like you said, it's about planning it and then building the fence if it needs a fence around the garden. It's about keeping out the predators if you need to keep the predators out, putting it in the sunlight if you need to have it. That's all about building it. The finding it is kind of revolves around these three steps that you need to do before you find your purpose in that chart that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it's, People can't get caught up in like, oh, I'm just going to find it. You got to build it. And it's going to take effort. That's why steps one through three are so important. Because you need to be fit. You need to have the energy and confidence. You need to be financially secure enough that it's going to take time to do this. And you need to have community that you can bounce this off of. This thing is not just like, you can't skip these steps. If you skip the steps, you're probably not going to last. Maybe you will. But probably not. I mean, we've worked with how many people one-on-one? We've had how many conversations with kids that are, you know, their parents are paying for them. They really don't want to be there to medical doctors, to lawyers, to entrepreneurs and everything in between. And these conversations that you have working with people one-on-one, you kind of get the idea of like, okay, this is somebody that's that's living in their purpose. This is somebody that's that's doing it right. And I think that you can't skip these steps and that's just me auditing myself but more than that it's seeing these people that i look up to that are three four five six levels ahead of me i can look and be like oh man this is how they're doing it they are staying in shape they are financially secure and they've built a life of service in conclusion i think that we can say that as you mentioned we have worked with so many people and it's tough to say but you can tell who is moving in their purpose and who is not moving in their purpose as soon as they walk in that Mm -hmm. door because it is a sustaining force in your life it gives you confidence it gives you energy it gives you the ability to get up and keep going when things are tough exactly and not to because i know we want to wrap this up we got 30 minutes not to get too far off topic but if you we just finished the book man's search for meaning by victor frankl that purpose is a sustaining force I mean, you would you would see some people that could go to Auschwitz-Birkenau and they would smoke their last cigarette and die right away. And then you have somebody like Viktor Frankl, whose purpose at that time was to serve his fellow prisoners. OK, 
Okay, and that purpose gave him a sustaining force to hang on one more day. And that sustaining force you need, especially now, especially now when we have this 21st century nihilism that there is no purpose, blah, 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 blah. I don't believe that. I think you build it. And I think once it's built, it's a sustaining force. That being said, the direction of this podcast is to basically have conversations with people that are living in their purpose to talk to successful businessmen and businesswomen, to talk to um, people who have maybe achieved something athletically, because we got a lot of those lined up. We want to basically extract some of the lessons they've learned as they've cultivated and built their purpose. And I think we have a good lineup set up. And I think that if people are along for the ride, they're going to learn a lot. I'm excited to just have these conversations. I know you are too. And I think as this develops, we'll get better at this. Podcast will get better. And um, I think it's going to bring a lot of value and I'm excited for it. Me too. I'm super excited for the individuals in this community that we're going to have the chance to sit down and talk to. Um, I'm excited to watch this channel and, and this podcast continue to grow. Other than that, my name is Zach Reckline. This is episode one of a more complete beast podcast. I'm Alex Wallace. If you like the video, don't forget to like the video. If you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. If you're listening to it on, I don't know, Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you're listening to it, make sure you follow this podcast because we will be delivering value for weeks, months, hopefully years to come. That's a wrap.